I'll go tally the votes. I need you to bring me your torch. This is where we learn who is the ultimate survivor. I'll read the votes. I am gone for one week and I come back to this beautiful new layout. I hope you all like the new logo for Got Something For Ya. We're here every Sunday to review the episodes of Survivor 45. And we like to talk about the story of the season and predict where it's going to go in the future. Ollie and Phil, I had the privilege of talking to Abraham this past week as for our initial reaction of the episode on Wednesday, right after this episode aired. I just want to open the floor to both of you. I loved it. We talk a lot about best episodes of Survivor 45. I think this one takes the cake. What do you think, Phil? You know, I've been hearing that constantly, and I do not disagree. I do not disagree. I think this is easily in contention for the best of the season. Maybe even like an objective best. But you know what? Look, when the auction comes back, it, it, we, we've been asking for this forever, man. It's, it's, it's reason to get excited. I love it. I love it. What about you, Ollie? What do you think? I mean, it is definitely up there with the best, one of the best episodes of the season. I, I feel like I need to look back just to decide if I think it's the best episode, but it's definitely up there. Um, I mean, again, we've said it. We had the auction. We had a blind side. We had dramatics. We had, it was so many different layers of what is going to happen now that all these different things have has occurred. So I'm just ready to talk about it. Yeah, I think top three to this date has definitely been uh, Sabaya's Tribal Barbecue, uh, Caleb's Shot in the Dark, and now we have just the auction, the blind side of Kelly. I mean, it, this episode was packed and it was so wonderful to watch. I mean, let's talk about the changes to the auction that we saw this episode. I think that they really worked. It was amazing. So the let's start with the table that was delivered to each uh to uh the merge camp uh and they all had to go into the forest to try to find these little bamboo shoots that all had different amounts of money in them what a great sequence and i thought it was cool that they had to earn their cash in order to participate in the auction yeah i think this i've because they wanted to bring the auction back for so long but obviously it wasn't it was it was it wasn't a new new era enough. And I love how they did bring that element in of you've got to, because Jeff has said this all the time, you have to earn your place. You have to earn it every step of the way. And this is just another thing that is, is adding to that. Um, so I really did like the fact that they had to try and find the bamboo because it didn't have it. There was no level playing field, which I actually kind of enjoyed in this instance. I loved that it was, different things because you had obviously D that was all the way up here on 900 and then Bruce that tried so hard he was running around um and only had 80 so I loved that that because it just brought a new dynamic that first part especially Phil I love these changes I think that it's 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 one thing to tell us time and time again hey you have to earn your keep whatever you're gonna be you're gonna have to fight for every inch it's another thing to show us, right? The tell versus showing. And in this instance, they really showed it more than they were telling us. And they said, hey, 
go into in, in, in jump in the forest and and find these sort of these these, these shoots that have you know uh, you know different amounts of money in it, and you have Bruce who might have heard Jeff say this a million times. Hey, you're gonna need to fight for everything, whatever. But he's like, okay, he's just telling us this. What what, what when do we really see it? And he found out quick. If you are not fighting for for your stay here, for your you know, uh, your chance to leverage yourself in the game, it's not going to happen. And that's exactly what happened to him, and it was very, 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 very entertaining to watch. Well, my question is, how did we feel like his senior intuition really helped him here? Because that's what he said. He said it was his senior intuition that was going to help him find all of these um, bamboo shoots. He... Go ahead, Matthew. I was just going to say, let's think about it this way. Because before Bruce won immunity, right? He wins the immunity challenge. He is safe at tribal council. But before he does that, there is a chance that not finding a single bamboo shoot for the auction actually could have benefited him mm. way more than finding that one. And that is because the person who uh, ends up with the most amount of money after the auction loses their vote. So I thought it was actually very interesting that he was actually very close to going into the auction with zero, meaning his yeah. vote would have been saved. That is really, that's, that's a really like fun and interesting thing to catch. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that, Matthew. That's if he right? had gotten nothing, he would have secured his vote before the, the game even, the auction even started. That's, that's really neat. Is that the new meta, Matthew? Do you go out there and you don't for any money? Is that what we're doing now? Hey, Matthew, Matthew Fink said it first. I'm at I'm the Fink. Credit. <laughs> no one goes searching for the bamboo shoots in future seasons. You are going to lose your vote. You've heard it here first. I'm curious to see how it evolves from hmm. this point, right? Like how long are they going to keep at this version of the auction? Maybe they don't do it every season. Maybe it shows up every now and then just to kind of keep it fresh. But I really liked this version so much. But mm. as we can see, as we just all figured out here, it can be hacked. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. We've literally just given them the hacks. And and also, <laughs> I do want to say it's interesting. Um, I was I had the the honor of being on Survivor Social this weekend as well. Uh, I want to uh, call it. I called it out there too. Well, this was super super fun. And as a sort of first glance at a return of the auction, it worked out perfectly. Mm -hmm. and, and I think for 46, if they kept this same formula, I think it's going to work out fantastic. Mm -hmm. However, Survivor, don't mess up a good thing, my friend. Now that we have seen this, now that we have seen how things work, they will need to judge and change a few things. Because the truth is, the way that this is framed, there is an optimal strategy. There is. Mm -hmm. And frankly, it's you know there are some dynamics where it's like, hey... If they, they knew that there was no advantage, so and they know that you lose your vote when you have the most amount of money. So the, the only pure objective strategy is, hey, when you have the chance, throw out all your money because you don't want to lose your vote and you want to be able to get something to eat. However, if they left a little bit more open-ended in terms mm -hmm. of is there an advantage, is there not, then there's the push and pull, right? It's, okay, do I save my money for a potential advantage, for a potential, you know, sort of, you know, a, a trinket in the game, or... Do I spend my money and guarantee that I have a vote at this tribal? Mm. And I think that I want to see more of that push and pull. But hey, this was fantastic. And I'm excited to see uh, what they do next season, obviously. I hope that they bring it back again. But. Yeah, fingers crossed. And let's we talked about Bruce. We brought his name up a little bit. Bruce's name has been thrown around on this camp 
th- this entire pre-immunity uh, pre immunity challenge time frame in the episode, which instantly means, at least to me as a survivor lover, that Bruce is going to win immunity. Like, that's kind of my thinking when it comes to when people's names get tossed around before the immunity challenge, right? It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But we do get this really interesting thing where the women realize that they outnumber the men six to four. And they talk about creating this all women's alliance. Now we know moving forward into the episode that this does not last, but I think it's interesting because this opens up sort of Kelly's storyline that Kelly is fed up with Bruce dragging her name down, basically guilty by association. Yeah. And Kelly really feels like, oh, this is great. I have a large uh, group of numbers, right? The With the, all, all the women. And they all want Bruce out as well. So I don't really have to get a lot of blood on my hands when it comes to making this move. This is really interesting. Kelly's storyline is so... I love watching it because like just last episode, or, or two episodes ago, I think, just last episode, she was really adamant about keeping Bruce in the game as a shield. And it kind of felt like she was trying to have her cake and eat it too. Yeah, it's, it is a really interesting one. Um, but I can understand the frustration because I feel like, I think I said it last time, Bruce plays a very transparent game. And I think that hinders anyone that he's working with because say say it's, say uh, it's me and Bruce, say I'm working with Bruce, but I want to keep it on the down low. I can't trust Bruce to do that because I feel like Bruce is so transparent that he's just going to be able to straight away, he's going to tell people. And I would I would need to know that I have someone just kind of working there, non, kind of just on the side. But the thing with Bruce is, as Kelly said, he, he makes it known that him and Kelly are tight. He makes it known that, known that him and Jake are tight. So I, I can see why the re before are like, well, we don't want to work with him because say Drew tries to build something with Bruce. Bruce will just be like, oh yeah, I'm good with I'm good with Drew now. So I feel like that's where the issue is with Bruce. But I have enjoyed, sorry, I know I segued there, but I, I, I've enjoyed Kelly's kind of thing here because we do see how, I, I like to see the behind the scenes thing because I feel like that's where you truly see all of the thoughts because we've seen her in confessionals absolutely hating Bruce. Not on par with Katora, but she's getting up there now. And that's kind of why I've also enjoyed seeing with her. Sorry, I know I went on a tangent. But Kelly, Kelly has had a really, really interesting edit this whole entire season. And I think a big part of that is that anyone who's watched a bunch of Survivor, you were used to certain con- conventions, right? You just right. talked about it, Matt, where you go, hey, uh, we saw Bruce being like this, this sort of like absolute target by everyone. And so what does that call out? It goes, okay, I feel like he's going to slip through, right? People say it all the time, as fair or not as it is, people say, okay, we're getting Women's Alliance in the teaser. We're talking about a Women's Alliance this late in the game. This is not going to work. Okay, with Kelly, anyone who's a super fan of Survivor will look at her edit and go, okay, Kelly is kind of an odds-on favorite to win this game. Not just in a short term, in a long term. You look at Kelly's edit, and she looks like a winner. It is how we've seen winners portrayed time and time again. She's collected. She's calm. She has the right reads multiple times. And then they subvert it at the end of the episode with Tribal Council. Once again, I'm sure we're going to mill through the whole entire episode here. But I think that that is, like, always really fun, where you where – you, 
you get to watch someone's edit that you think that you know where it's going and then they twist it on you. Yeah. That is so much fun. Ollie, it looks like you have a point there. Or maybe you're picking your nose. I can't tell. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so once we get to the final thing, because I actually saw something right at the start of the episode, and I actually oh. credit Matthew uh, Matthew for this, because I'm, like, I now super look at the edits. Because um, we've, we've said, like, the big blind side of Kelly – there was actually, when we were looking at the preview of what had already happened, in the start, we saw they, they specifically panned Kelly Wright and Sifu, and there was a music change. Mm-hmm. And I clocked that music change, and I went, they've made that as if it was a bad thing for Kelly. And I was looking into that going, okay, I'm just going to keep my eye on Kelly there. Because why would they specifically set? Because we knew that it was between Sifu and Bruce. So I was sat there going like, okay, this has to mean something. So I had that in the back of my mind. And then as the episode went on, when I saw what was going on, I was like, yeah, they, they were foreshadowing it. They had thought they put that tiny little music detail and foreshadowed it. Oh, Ollie, I love that you caught that little detail. There's also another close-up that happens later. Uh, it's a close-up of Kelly that happens at Tribal Council when Jake is talking about, well, if the vote was being split, who is this being split against? Mm-hmm. And I love that type of foreshadowing. Listen, okay, for our viewers who have been following us throughout this entire journey, we have been wrong several times about a couple of different things, but it, that's what's so fun. And that's what's so special about this season too, is that it does have a sort of unpredictable quality. I'll even talk about it later when we talk about the, when they set the plan to vote Kelly out, it seems like the the backup plan or the alternate plan. It's, it doesn't seem like the plan that's actually going to happen mm. when the tribe goes to tribal council. And that that's interesting to think about too, how they frame these sort of things to catch the audience off guard uh we've been right about a couple of things too but it's you know it's i i like that it's a mixed bag of these things yeah. uh it keeps us on our toes let's talk about everything that happens during the auction it was so great to see everyone just so excited about it we did go over the rules and how this has sort of changed a little bit right the money was hidden in the jungle um there are no advantages that's when we didn't comment on so there's not going to be an idol there's not going to be a clue there's not going to be any other power that is auctioned and I like this change. I, I mm. like it a lot because people usually hold on to their money to get an advantage. Uh, and then, like we talked about with Bruce, the person who ends the auction with the most amount of money left loses their vote at tribal council. So it forces people to spend. And I really like this. What were mm. some of the items that you two would have um, uh, bid all your money on? That chocolate cake. Really? That's not what I was expecting, Ollie. No, no. As soon as that chocolate cake, so as soon as that chocolate cake came on screen, my partner looked at me and literally went, you'd spend all your money. And he he literally went, you wouldn't even share it. And I was like, yes, it's so true. I would have spent all of that money on myself. Hands down. Very interesting. I'm going to go a different direction. I'm, I'm with you, Matt. I'm like... Too much sugar out there, too much like dairy. Oh my God, that would drive me uh, up the wall. I talked about the fact that, with love and respect to D's, probably the most expensive uh, chocolate shake in uh, the history of Everdom. 
I could never do that. I would be torn up if I ever had a chocolate, a chocolate milkshake on an island with no toilet paper, please. Second of all, um, or rather what I would choose, I think I'm split between two. I would okay. either go for, I'd either be like Emily doing my happy dance for some fries and a beer, or was it, am I, do I have this correct? Peanut Emily got the beer? charcuterie board. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the charcuterie board. Who got the fries? It was uh, Kelly. Okay. Kelly, I would have gone crazy for some fries and some beer. Me too. I would have gone. I think it was fries and coke. Fries and a coke. Oh, see, look at it. It was there. a soft I, drink. It's a soft drink. I, I, fries are the main are, are the main thing I'm fixated on here. Fries, mm -hmm. a little bit of grease, a little bit of a little, mm. little bit of little bit of straight carbs. I would have loved that. And then two, I think I have this one correct. It's PB and J and a margarita. Correct. Yep. Yes, that was my jam when I saw that. And no pun intended. That was my jam and my jelly. I saw that and I was like, this would be, oh, this would be perfect. Just the right amount of sugar, a bunch of bread, which uh, the carbs are going to do you wonders. And a little margarita on the side. I love margaritas. So yes, I, I'd be in, I'd be into those two. What about you, Matt? I think we're very aligned, Phil. The franchise really caught my attention because mm -hmm. I just, I just love them. But from a strategic place of, okay, what is going to best get me to, uh, energy later in the game obviously the charcuterie board but that was that was covered so that was a risk to go after it but i would have loved that it's funny because like i'm not really i love a good charcuterie board but it's not something that i would choose for myself unless i was in this situation mm -hmm. and you are so right that pb and j is clutch it was interesting that it came with a margarita i was like well, this is an odd mix of things to have but at the same time i agree with you getting that protein uh you, it might not be like the most savory or most delicious looking thing, but that we saw in Winners at War, peanut butter did, I think it was Tyson, very, yes. very good. It did Tyson, so, yes, a, a very, yes, gave him a lot of benefits in that comeback challenge. Right, so exactly. I think, I think the PB&J, I would have gone for it, but of course, you know, I might've been tempted by that toothbrush. I really might huh. have been tempted. I literally had that thought while watching this. I was like, Oh my God. If I ever got no, on the show, I would need to schedule a dentist appointment for right after. Yeah. I can't even imagine what your teeth go through while you're on that island. No, I can't understand that. I would have also gone for the fish eyes. I thought they were donuts. Really? I thought they were no. donuts. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. To your point, Matt, I also thought that was like an yeah. is it cake thing where I was like, oh, it's totally going to be like a little cupcake. But two, you know, this is. This is Getting a little bit into my my personal life and personal culture here, uh, my father is an immigrant to this to to America from Haiti. In Haiti, uh, uh, the fish eye is a delicacy, and so my dad sort of every single time that we that we cook a full fish, my dad's also an amazing cook, so you know I, it's very uh, he cooks full fish. And uh, when we were kids, he'd be like, "Hey, you want to if you want your Haitian card, you got to eat this fish eye." And so I have actually not, they're never that huge. I've never seen fish I was going to say that. Like, they were that big? Yeah. Yes, ever in my life. No, 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 no. They were about this big. But I have eaten fish eye. And so have all my siblings. And so has my dad. It's like, it's a strange thing. But when I saw that, I would have been out on that quicker than, 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 than anything. I don't know. Usain Bolt. I could not do it. I could not do it. They did a funny, um, I love the editing here. It, it, it actually made me laugh the most out of this entire episode, which was when Austin goes right in to eat it. And then it cuts to Katora reacting in horror to Austin eating it. And then it, the, it, it just 
uh, cuts to black real quick. And I loved it. It was so funny. Oh my God. It was just such a well-timed commercial break. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. Um, and then you're right. He, he eats those fish eyes. Uh, he says it's like sushimi. I trust survivor in the sense where if they are giving me something that is a little, um, maybe I haven't, I don't have, uh, I don't interact with it on a day-to-day -day basis, such as a fish eye, such as the bat stew or bat soup. Um, I trust that their team has like, I, I trust they're not feeding me something dangerous. So I would, I would eat it if, yeah. if I accidentally want it um, because why not? And you need to eat. And Austin won it fair and square too after Katura gave it up. So it was great. Yeah. All right. I think we talked enough about the, it was just so good to see the auction back. Mm -hmm. I loved talking about it. Yeah, Ollie. Sorry before, cause I just clocked it in my notes. Can we just talk about how we finally got to kind of see Emily the person? Because I feel like we we haven't seen that goofy side yeah. when she won the charcuterie board. I just I I put that in my notes because I thought it was a really nice highlight because we haven't seen her kind. We've always seen kind of serious Emily and very logical, methodical Emily. We haven't seen Emily the goofball, so I really just appreciated that. Sorry, I was yeah, and I really like what she said there, right? Because. And look, like I do think I've talked about this in the past where like I think a lot of times people get cast because of a certain reason and, and brand. And for what it's worth, they know it. They're like, oh, this is why I got cast because I think the casting producers, they're not shy of telling them, oh, we really like this one thing about you, whatever. And then they play it up and they they feel like they need to keep that forever. We talked about this with like Sifu, I believe, where it's like I feel like he was like, oh, I got cast to be this sort of character. And so I'm not going to stray from that. Mm. And I think that we almost saw Jeff, like, like you know, he was like, oh, well, this isn't the Emily, whatever. Like, he almost checking her to be like, hey, go back into your character. And she was like, no, this is who I am in my daily life. This is me when I'm fed. This is me when I'm happy. And it's like people are more dynamic than just being this one-note character throughout an entire season of Survivor, for instance. But even in life, like, we, are, we all have more depth than that. I mean, even someone like Bruce being this annoying dad, I talked about it on Survivor Social, put him in an old school season where they had older casts, when there were multiple 40-somethings, multiple 30-somethings, you get people that would be laughing with him, being like, oh, I'm just like that as a dad, I'm whatever. Like, it's it's all about your environment. And seeing Emily sort of break out of, you know, the sort of brand that she had, in the, certainly in the beginning of the season, and we see her do her little happy dance, I'm right with you, Ali. That gave me, like, a lot of joy. I was like, man, I... I I love to see it. I love to see yeah. it. Oh, that was so special. I'm glad we I'm glad we took a, a pause to talk about it too. It was so fun with the music change, her dancing, Jeff's reaction to it. It was just a very special moment. And I really like, you know, 90 minutes. It gets us a lot of great character moments in the episodes. We saw one from Emily. We saw one from Kendra later on. Uh when she won her uh beer and pretzels, and it really reminded mm -hmm. her of her dad. And I just thought so many wonderful moments. And speaking of uh Sifu, we brought up the Sifu vote a couple of times this episode. We just talked about it. It was interesting that Drew at the beginning of this episode too was like, it was actually a lot harder to vote out Sifu than I thought it was. And I don't, I'm wondering if we're going to get some sort of a Drew, um, not a heel turn, because that that means someone turns mm. into like a villain of the season, but kind of like a, is it like a baby face? Or like, he? I feel like he, he might get some sort of a, a shift in character from what we've seen from him just based on that one 
uh, confessional that we saw earlier in the episode. So it's interesting. I, I'm actually really happy you brought that up too, Matt. I feel like that's something that can really slip out of the radar. But that, like, sit, like and, and candidly, I don't think I would have ever brought that brought that up here on my own. But the second you said that, I was like, you know what? When I heard that, I absolutely, like, I made very big, like, I, I made a mental note of that. I was like, wow, that was interesting. You know, he specifically felt the need to comment on the fact that, like, hey, voting out Sifu was actually pretty tough. Like, he's not just some pawn that I can move around and shove and put out, put wherever I want. Like, mm-hmm. he, like, he's a human. And and I understand how much he loved this game and how much he cared about this. I I also really enjoyed that. So thank, thank yeah. you for bringing this to, to this conversation. Yeah. yeah, and speaking of uh, Drew, we have Emily who tells Drew about the all-women thing that is going on. And Drew doesn't believe that it would be good long-term, right? But Emily says Jake and Bruce are the first targets to go. So Drew's kind of like, okay, how do I make this work? Because he mm. wants to target, he wants Bruce to be targeted and Bella weakened. And also, just before we get into that, we have Eric in the chat. Welcome, Eric, who says, are y'all just random Survivor fans? Basically, yeah. That's exactly what this is. So thank you for joining us. And if you also have thoughts about the episode, we'd love to include them as well. Uh, And also, (laughs) welcome, Eric. And a special shout out to Alexander, who we saw a comment from before, too. Uh, We, so, okay. Drew seems to, Drew has a, uh, he, 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 he's been playing the game this episode, I would say. I mean, he's been playing the game, right? But Mm -hmm. It's something interesting about the pieces that he gets here and what he decides to do with them later in the episode, right? Which is the Kelly vote. So Emily telling Drew, do we think that this was a good move for Emily's game? I think that it was. At the end of the day, you know, it's it's tough. I think that, you know, when you're on the island, I think a lot of people are swayed by folks who... By honestly, like the idea of the greater world watching you do something and knowing that they are going to digitally assassinate you the second that you get out of the game. And I think this is a moment where like, you know, it's a shame, but it's like, you know, a a woman sort of outing this woman's alliance. Like a lot of people were upset about this, but at the end of the day, she is playing a game and she has to play her best version of the game. And I think that Emily is very cognizant of her best path to the end and to win. And I do think that it is with her two, the two people that she feels closest with that also coincidentally have the most trinkets and the most sort of utility in their belt. So yes, I do think this is a, this is a good move. Um, we have not seen a bunch of scenes of her connecting with the women on a one-on-one yeah. level as, as we have seen her connecting with uh, Drew and, and uh, Austin. What do, you, what do you think, Ali? Yeah, I mean, I, I will openly admit when I did see that, I was upset. Um, so I was one of those people, but there was part of me that understood the logical sense of it because obviously them, Drew, Austin and Emily have been tight from the start. So, and it's very clear that once Caleb had gone, kind of Emily's closest allies were those two. Um, and kind of like you said, we haven't really seen all like Emily connect with the women. We haven't seen them all together as one. Um, so it like the logical standpoint did I did understand. There was also kind of the human element of me going like, no, just let it work, just just, just let it work a little bit. But of course. from what everyone said, like it does make it did make logical sense. Like I can't deny that. Yeah, and, and I want to say too, like the way that I've contextualized it, in the previous episode, we literally saw her pick 
Drew and Austin over Caleb. One of, like her first true connection in the game, the person that helped her get through Lulu unscathed. If she's choosing Drew and Austin over Caleb, why would she, who she actually had a connection with? Yeah. I'm like surprised that people are surprised that she's mm. picking Drew and Austin over this collection of people that like we have not seen a bunch of scenes of her truly connecting with. What do you think, Matt? Well, I agree with both. Well, the thing is, Emily is not the only woman to vote against another woman at the tribal council that happens later, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that we did see that she invested a lot of energy into Drew especially, but I mean, with Drew kind of comes the awesome relationship too. Um, and I... I think for her path, this was the right thing to do. I mean, the All Women Alliance, it's great on paper, but it just sounded, it, it was flimsy in the episode, unfortunately. And I think we, we're, when we see these conversations on the beach, it's like, well, how, and I'm curious to know from the players here, like how serious was everyone about it? Um, because that, in that gets us like, what, okay, what, to what extent was their portrayal involved in this? I think it would be a different story if Dee and Julie didn't vote with Emily at this tribal mm -hmm. council against Kelly. I think that would be an interesting, maybe Emily would have more downfall from there. Um, but I thought it, I thought it was the right thing to do for Emily's game at that moment, especially because it builds that trust with Drew and, you know, by extension, Austin, because guess who didn't tell Drew about the all women Alliance talk? and Julie, it seems like. Mm -hmm. It seems like Emily was the first person to get to him. So sometimes you have to use the information that you have in the game. Um, obviously, never played. But speaking as a fan and what we see uh, uh, players do in the show, um, that's my take on it. I do think mm -hmm. it was right for her uh, her to do. Yeah, it's, it's knowing when and where to give information. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that instance, I feel like she knew that that was the best time to mention it because I feel like she probably was like, right, I have this connection with these two. I just tell them straight away so they know that the trust is there and isn't budging. So I get that. Right. Yeah. And, well, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, sorry. Last little thing here. To your point, Matt, I think that's like you're, you're absolutely right where, you know, Julian D don't even tell him. And so mm -hmm. when Emil, and so in this sort of, I mean, look, every single person on that island has a tier list and in a ranking order of people that they trust from most to least. And when you are looking at this tight four Reba group and, and you as Emily have joined and have integrated pretty successfully, you do probably also have to wonder, where am I on the ranking of it, though? And when you look at Drew and you go, hmm, am I possibly under Julian D? How can I launch myself mm. over these two women, these two other women in the group. And I think it's by, hey, if I'm the first person to let him know about this, like he he, he has to consider me closer than the rest of them. So I do think it's actually a very strategic move to move her ranking up in Drew's personal sort of tier list or ranking of that uh, that now five. Right, right, exactly. That, that is exactly my thoughts about it too. And then like I, we get the conversation where Katura is basically, again, pushing for Bruce to go and we... We get to see Drew, who we know has the information about the All Women Alliance, sort of navigate the conversation of like, all right, Katora, like, I want to like build trust with you. So I'm willing to follow you on this vote. But then we have to go to the immunity challenge. Now, before we get into the, the immunity challenge, we are going to take a very, very short 
uh, one minute break so you can learn about bracketology. My name is Jonah Fielko, and I'm the CEO of Bracketology.tv, fantasy sports for reality television. We offer fantasy games for shows like The Bachelor, Survivor, Big Brother, RuPaul's Drag Race, and Counting. You start by creating a community. Within your community, you can create a fantasy league for each show that you want to play fantasy games for. Within the league, you can choose up to three of our four game types, and our most popular is the Advanced League. Choose a team of contestants, and depending on what they do and say during the episode, that's how your team will gain or lose points each week. We also have elimination-style games, like our confidence pool. This is where you choose how confident you are that each contestant will survive elimination that week. And we've also got March Madness-style brackets. Come back a couple hours after the episode to check your scores and watch you climb the leaderboard. Bracketology is free to play, so grab your friends, your family, your coworkers, and head to bracketology.tv for more info. Oh, so cool. We have the Bracketology Fantasy League this season with Survivor Now podcast. To any of our viewers watching now, I'm curious to know if you are involved in our Fantasy League, Ollie is, uh, let us know in the chat, how are you doing with it? So curious. I know that there's some amazing prizes for the first, second, and third placers of this season. All right. Immunity Challenge. And, and if you've never seen our uh, podcast before, welcome. We stream live on Sundays and we have our live chat. So if you are a fan of Survivor, just like we are, go ahead and leave us a comment in the chat so we can all have a wonderful discussion. Okay. Immunity Challenge time. Uh, I really loved this challenge. I thought this was great. But mo more importantly, I loved seeing Bruce. I love seeing it come down to Bruce and Julie. I thought this was just so cool. Uh, it The way it just built this episode, also, we knew that Bruce was going to be targeted if he did not win. He did not have a vote, so, so the stakes were very high. But before we get into the actual challenge of it all, we got to talk about that rice negotiation. Because I mean, was, was it was it a negotiation? Uh, Jeff, Jeff was negotiating. That's a that's a fantastic question, Ollie. It's like, there was a little bit of pressure put on these contestants this time around. Walk us yeah. through. I mean, well, obviously, Jeff came in, and Jeff was literally like, right, same as before, we just need four of you to step out. And who was it? It was, who were the first two to step out? Dee and Emily. Dee and, and Emily were the first to step out. And then Jeff. And you know what? This is one of the times I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take a quote from Abe here. Messy Jeff, I was here for it. Jeff went, "Do you want some incentive?" Cuts the bag of rice, and I was like, "Not only I was that's it, stabs it at the bottom." I, I said to Abraham when we were doing our reaction to the episode, I said, "This is the episode that will be submitted to the Emmys to see if Jeff can get best hope." Uh, best host nomination. I, I really believe that this is Jeff's episode, not only for this moment, but how he handled the auction, how he mm. handled tribal council. I could really see it being making him a contender for that award this year during the season. Oh, this was just so special. Phil, did your jaw drop just like mine did? Oh my God. I keep saying, and there are certain moments where once again, us as huge, huge fans of Survivor, you kind of feel like you know what's coming. And, and even if it's not our favorite moments, you sit through it and you're like, okay, this is the negotiation step where we're going to slog through four or five people. They're going to try to bring it down. It's going to be 10 minutes of programming. And I don't think it even deserves all that much. <laughs> and Jeff subverted the hell out of this moment. He was like, yeah. you think this is going to be slow and droning? 
There we go. We're going to speed this up. That was insane. It was so, so much fun. I had a blast watching it, and I yeah. really do think that it made this whole entire moment way more exciting than it's ever been in the past. So, yes, I was super into this. Super into this. Well, I think it was because we anyone that had watched last season, I think we saw how frustrated Jeff got. And I think even for Jeff's like peace of mind, he went, I know what they're about to do. So I'm going to make sure that I surprise them. And I feel like it's the first time that we've seen Jeff, like the host, actually kind of go, I'm going to be the one to surprise you, not the show itself. Um, I It was just because that's where you saw who really felt like they needed to do it. Because I think it was it was Drew that straight away was like, yep, I'll do it. And then we saw Katora leave because obviously they were the four that did sit out in the end. And I just thought it was this big, like, you, that's where you kind of saw, saw Pete who was like, who would rather get food and who is like, who knows that they're just not going to do well, so they're going to sit out. And I feel like it was a smart move for everyone involved. But yeah, props to Messy Jeff. Well done. We love Messy Jeff. We love Messy Jeff. Oh, me too. I agree. I think the negotiating was getting stale because it was happening every time they were trying to do this, you know, and I, uh, Jeff kind of tried to stop it at certain points. I really liked that he forced everyone's hands. Yeah. Cause I, I at first, when he said, Oh, four people need to sit out. I was kind of like, Oh, that's not too bad. And mm. then, you know, like to have it turn out the way it did, it was just, it was just perfect. It was perfect. Just keep, yes. keep finding to, to the show, keep finding creative ways to uh drain that rice or, yeah. or, or subvert our expectations i love it we do get the immunity challenge you got to hold a rope straight uh for as long as possible and then at different intervals the rope gets longer meaning it becomes harder mm. and bruce wins the individual immunity and he did great he really did, he did. great and yeah. i thought um abraham had the point that uh Jake should not have been talking to Jeff. He thought that Jake's focus uh, got drained from reacting to Jeff as much as he did. Mm. It could be. Yeah. It, could, it could be the case. I think there's always sort of two, two, you know, a sort of there's a fork in the road of logic where it's like, hey, you know, really focus in, stop talking as much. But let's keep it real. We saw Christian Hubicki have uh, a whole, a, a long and drawn out conversation when he was standing there like this. And I think mm. it helped him get his mind off the pain. For what it's worth, you know, it's it's it's, it's interesting to see, you know, sort of uh, wrestle with, what, you know, which which sort of line of logic uh, proves uh, most effective. But yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like with this challenge specifically, it was all about counterbalance in the way. Because as much as I would, there was part of me, I was like, ah, oh, Bruce won. I did see what he was doing, which really did help because. He was counterbalancing his weight. He was going backwards mm -hmm. so that because that was obviously, I think it was 25% of their original weight or a certain amount. It was, was in, a third. A third, I think. Yeah. Um, it was a third of their original like starting weight in there. And that's going the, all the, like that way. So in order to even have a like kind of chance, you need to put yourself, you need to push yourself going back that way to act as a counterbalance. And I feel like that's what Bruce and Judy did very well because we saw them leaning back the most. So they were able to kind of counterbalance it until it was just too much for them. 
Yeah, I don't know why more people didn't do that. No. I, I was surprised by it. I thought that was the strategy going into mm. it, but it seemed I would that's what that's one I would like to try. And I think you can kind mm. I, I think if you could kind of make one like that if you go to a gym or something or use equipment. Yeah. I think you could figure it out. But I I like this challenge. I like wait, wait, oh sorry. Sidetrack for one second. They had the, the there's like a an emphasis on birds this season, right? Now yeah. I have to say I don't, I did not like the bird cages from season 44, but I can't help but think that the bird cages make more sense with this theme. So that's my, that's my little gripe. I don't know, off topic completely, no. but I've just been having this thought. You, you think? No, that's, no, no, it was only because in my notes, the first thing that I had for the immunity was those pelican statues look really cool. So I was looking at those pelican statues being like, they look cool. I didn't want them to be smashed. <laughs> they, they, they were very cool. <laughs> well, Bruce wins immunity. We go back to camp. Everyone is scattered because their target won immunity. Their target doesn't have a vote. I love when Kendra said, it's not a bad day to be Bruce. That would, I know that the episode was titled something different. That is, for me, that is the title of the episode, mm. is not a bad day to be Bruce. Um, because... It was great. It was great. I also love that moment. I know we didn't say, but I love that moment where he sort of talked about his family at the end mm -hmm. and what's fueling him to win the immunity challenge and how the color reminded him of his daughter. And I thought that was great. Mm. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that moment as well. And I'm happy that we, you know, didn't stick to, I mean, obviously, almost every episode we are uh, in, man, this is why we hate Bruce. This is why the tribe hates Bruce. And I'm happy that even in this moment, or rather in this moment, we got at the very least D going, Wow, that's beautiful. Like that, mm. that was that was awesome. And I feel like it's earned. You know, I mean, let, let's not shit on him for, you know, literally all ninety minutes of every single episode. You know, once again, the, the dynamicism that I was bringing up before. Yeah. Even a villain should have these moments of you know silver lining. Um, that said, I, I don't want this to be missed. I love the the, the post challenge confessional where Kendra. Oh. Kendra is like, I can't believe Bruce won this. Whatever, and then you just get Bruce. <laughs> maniacally laughing with the idol in hand that was amazing choice of editing and yeah. like kudos to the producers kudos to the yeah. editors that was fantastic that was fantastic it was so funny it was su such a good juxtaposition between the two reactions kendra also had great moment we talked about her and her father mm -hmm. but we we like also just her um reading that the auction was back and sort of doing a dance like emily did like this was a great yeah. episode for Kendra as well, um, but uh, such a great call out, Phil. I'm so happy you said that. That was so funny. And it's, again, the little moments that they're just endearing to mm. us, right? Like it makes us feel good job to the editors for this. I yeah. really applaud them for this episode. Uh, we got to figure out how the heck the vote got on Kelly because everyone was so into it being Jake, right? We have Kelly and Emily, uh they're talking they try to they try to get a name from jake jake is smart enough to not give them anybody's name which i appreciated mm. um emily anticipated that bruce might play his idol for jake this is interesting because there there's a strategy here that i think wasn't taken advantage of that when we get to tribal council so i want to put a pin in this let's see if i remember to talk about it but uh basically playing the idol for jake I wanted to see if that would come up again at tribal council. Mm. Um, but Kelly fears she may receive some votes for being perceived as 
close to Bruce. So this is interesting. Uh, Jake also senses that no one is approaching him. So he goes idol hunting. Everyone gets worried that he might have found something. So Drew comes up with the idea. Okay, why don't we take advantage of getting rid of Kelly since she's not expecting it? And he pitches this idea to Austin, D, Emily, and Julie. Mm. But D and Julie, they verbally say that they want Jake out more than Kelly, which got me thinking that this would be the plan that didn't work in the episode, right? Because it was so quick. This whole sequence of events. I mean, did, who did you feel, Ollie and Phil, who did you feel was at, at risk here? I, I mean, I feel like we got like the editing and the kind of storylines that we were seeing, <clears throat> sorry, it was Jake. We saw that Jake was kind of going to be the main one to go. Um, but that backup, it, because that was the thing, it looked like a backup plan. Mm-hmm. And to I think Kelly it was... To get Kelly out. Yeah, to get Kelly out in case an idol was played. But I feel like there was stuff that we didn't see because... When you look at that and you see um, Kelly's name be brought up, to me, it makes sense for Drew and it makes sense for Austin because of the amulets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would see I would see Austin there pushing for it actually to be the case and finding like convincing them to say like this is actually a smarter thing to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm still figuring out how it may have been swapped, but yeah, it was just it was Phil. What do you think about it? Because I'm st- I'm still trying to process it. If you can't, yeah, tell. I I think I think that you were you were you were very close to the money there, Ali. I think mm. that 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 we have Austin who has this amulet that is going to reach its full power if they get out Kelly. Kelly is uh, at the same time like this is not just an audience perspective. People on the show, we had Caleb talk about the fact that she is like the like the bell of the ball. Everyone wants to be aligned with her. Everyone likes her. She's very likable. She's very respected on the island. Mm-hmm. She also won the last immunity. With all due respect to, I think the, the one of the only things that I think that Kelly is or was wrong about in this entire season is that the reason why people want to get her out is because of Bruce. Mm-hmm. I think that it has actually has way little to do with Bruce and way more to do with how she has branded herself. She is a highly social, strategic challenge threat that everyone is really into everyone wants to be on kelly's side and so i in on top of that uh and yes to have to stack on top of that the fact that austin has this trinket that becomes more powerful when she gets voted off i actually think that this was like i think we are not shown this but i think that this was a an easier decision to be made than than was was talked about on the show um and and so yes i do think that those are the reasons why i think that things started to flip on her and I think there was has to have been a conversation between Drew and Austin where it's like, hey, let's just throw things on Kelly. Jake, like, you know, Jake already has enough heat on him. Bruce is like a, a walking target. And then we have Kelly over here, who is in a really good spot. She's a really good player. And she's not necessarily on our side. Why would they not go for her? That's a fantastic point, Phil. Yeah. You're right. I think in in, in the in the um, reasons why Kelly should be voted out by Drew, uh, his Reba Alliance, and Emily, it seemed like her association with Bruce wasn't one of the first couple of bullets in terms of what would be good reasoning. And in fact, the only reason that the viewers even get the idea that 
her association with Bruce is the reason why people might target her is because that's how she is perceiving the situation. Whereas there are other people who are perceiving Kelly in a, in a different way or see her game more Mm. visibly at this point. So very cool call out there, you know, very interesting to think about. Speaking of Austin's amulet, I tr- I really I watched the episode twice, and I wanted to make sure. Did they mention it at all this episode? Okay, thank you. Yeah, and I'm we can be so surprised. We can get. Uh, as I say, we can get into what this means. I think one of two things is going to happen. The, I think that they are not mentioning it. I don't know. Is is this a good place to put this? Uh, I think I think a couple reasons why they're not mentioning it. One. And look, this is the story, this is the podcast where you go to, we talk about narrative, we talk about the edit, okay? I think it is really interesting that this most directly helps Austin with powering up his amulet, and we have Drew narrating this entire thing. Mm. So again, I think that this sort of either calls out that Drew is, they want to frame Drew, Drew as, a, as, a, as a contender to win this game, maybe even more so than Austin. Why is Austin not giving us the sound bites? Why is Austin not the one going, if we get Kelly out, my amulet's gonna be more powerful. They have to have that somewhere in the yeah. amulet floor, right? And so I think if this is being used to boost up Drew as opposed to Austin mm-hmm. for some reason, mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out through the, through the season. But two, I think that something happens next episode with this amulet specifically. Because I think a lot of times, to your point, they will throw red herrings at us. And they want you to remember things that might not even really come up in an episode to trick you. But then opposite of that, if something is going to play a really big role in a future, ep- in specifically the very next episode, sometimes they try to keep keep our eyes off a little bit so that we don't remember. And so I think that the amulet very well might have a very big role in the next episode. I'm putting my stamp on this. You guys can call me idiots in the comments in, in next next episode. But wait till next episode. Don't do it yet. Don't call me an idiot just yet. What, what do you think about that thing? <laughs> Am I crazy there? Or like, I, I it's like, because it's interesting. Not only do we not hear about the amulet, we don't get Austin talking yeah. about taking out Kelly almost at all. It's just Drew. So it's like, well, it's, it's a very interesting choice. Mm. And I, I also feel like we didn't get enough reasons. It, like, I don't know if that's just me, but when it came to reasons as to why to go for Kelly, I don't think we actually got a whole lot. Because think like whilst you guys were talking, my brain also thought of kind of a big reason as to why Kelly would be a good option to go for. Because here's the thing: she's got Katora and Kendra, and in the same breath, she's got kind of Jake and Bruce on the other side because Jake really wants to keep Bruce. The reason why it's really smart to get rid of Kelly is because when they want to weaken Bello. Get rid of the kingpin, like get rid of the pin holding that fellow together, which was Kelly. Because now, now Katora and Kendra don't even have Kelly to kind of bounce off with Bruce. They're kind of like, they now have this thing where it's like, we have no reason to, like, we don't have the kind of voice of reason saying keep Bruce. Same with um, Bruce and Jake. Kelly was that voice of reason for why them. Bello was kind of sticking together. And I kind of thought that was interesting that that also wasn't mentioned because I feel like that's been kind of Kelly's thing. Kelly has been this voice of reason character. And without her there now, you're going to see cracks just get even bigger. 
I, that the whole point of getting rid of Kelly from what they were saying or what was a, uh, apparent in the episode, mm. one thing, the, the quote that comes to mind was Drew basically saying, let's get Kelly off the table, right? Let's, mm. let's just remove that mm. variable. And I think to Phil's point, they all recognized that Kelly was a very strong player. Mm. To your point, Ollie, she exerted a lot of energy in making sure that Bello didn't turn against each other yeah. up into a certain time. So this is excellent for OG Reba and I'll throw Emily in there as well because that glue has dissolved. And Phil, I going back to your thing about the amulet, I agree. I my prediction is we're going to hear about it at mm -hmm. the very like the beginning of the next episode when they mm -hmm. all probably um decompress from the tribal council. We'll probably get a confessional from Austin saying now that Kelly's gone. This amulet becomes, and he'll probably mention the sandwich again too. So, like you know, things to look forward to in the next episode. And we learned in the commercial for the next time on Survivor, three people are going to lose their vote, or so it seems, at the reward challenge. So mm. the stakes are getting higher. The other things that so at Tribal Council, the thing that really, the thing that I think was a missed opportunity, what I was mentioning before, was. There were so many people that knew that Bruce had an idol. So many people knew, Jake being one of them. I was waiting for maybe another person. It might not have been the right time, um, but this is pulling from a game move from another Survivor player, but I was waiting for someone to maybe say like, or to get into Jake's mind, Bruce should play the idol on you. If Bruce doesn't play the idol on you, what does that mean for your relationship? You know, maybe, maybe even say, maybe be bold enough to say at tribal council, um, our votes are going on Jake and Jake's going to go home unless Bruce plays his idol. Something like that. See Ooh. if maybe you can split up their relationship a little bit. Cause so many people know about the idol. Jake sort of feels, I would, I would think that Jake would feel like Bruce it, it would be better for Bruce if Jake was still in the game. Therefore, an idol use would be right. You can try to flush the idol. Yeah. Um, but I just found it interesting. I and I wonder if because Bruce did not end up playing the idol mm. on Jake, I wonder if Jake is going to take this a certain way. But I think if other people hammered that point in a little bit, like what does it mean if Bruce doesn't play the idol for you? I'm curious to see what would happen next week. Uh, with if there is a fallout, I don't think there will be based yeah. on what happened, but. I'm curious to see if anyone could have made it happen. I think, yeah. sorry, you go, you go. No, 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 please go ahead, Ollie. No, I was just going to say, I think to your point, Matt, it would have been the perfect time for them to push it because as we saw with Jake, he was kind of the personification of flustered. When he was talking to Jeff, he couldn't formulate a sentence. And I feel like that came from the fact he knew he was on the bottom. He knew his, he was in danger. He knew he was getting votes. So he was just like, he, he was just trying to formulate something in his plan, but he was so flustered. Had someone done that, I think it could have caused a lot more chaos. So I, I do agree with that. Sorry, you go, Phil. Yeah, no, please don't apologize. Um, I agree that that could have been an interesting, cool move. At the end of the day, Jake did ask Bruce if he would play it on him. And, you know, in very New England fashion, I think that, like, look, Jake is like a logical guy. He understands like the power of an idol and the fact that Bruce is a huge target. Like, I don't think he's going to be like, man, I'm really upset that you didn't play this on me despite you being the number one consensus target in this game and you being you having the most heat on you and having the one thing that can save you in your pocket. Like, he's going to get it. I don't think he's going to be that mad about it. And he did ask. He goes, and it wasn't in a very New England way. I mean, they're both Boston boys. He goes, keep it real with me, bro. Like, 
would you play this on me? And, and you know, and, and even Bruce, he was like, I would have to think about it. You know, I, I, I think if Bruce said that he would play it, oh, I'll definitely play it on you and that he didn't, that would be balanced for yeah. him being kind of upset. But what I think that you brought, so I, I don't think I agree with you that he would be upset there. What I mm-hmm. really agree with you on is that like, and I think we've never really seen something like this before, is like, what would it look like if the Reba side was like, hey, we're putting all our votes on Jake, do as you wish, Bruce, not like we can flip and get you out, so you going to play your idol? Like, almost using Jake to flush Bruce's in mm. this overt, almost like aggro-contentious way, that'd be really interesting. And I would love to see how that would play out. I think the only thing that I'm thinking is like, that would then put a lot of heat on that re before and it's really like obviously to us on the outside the lines feel very drawn already mm. but on the island the lines might not feel as defined and i think that making a move like that saying hey all of us are voting together we're all going to vote on him unless you do this like that could go really really south i mean even yeah. simply being like hey jake gets saved jake is like going to be very like against you for like it, it just there's a lot of ways that I can go very, 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 very wrong, but I think it's really interesting. Mm. So I really, I, I really like that, that sort of call out there, Matthew. That could have been, been really interesting. I'll point you in the direction of a tribal council that I think you'll really enjoy. And I think, yeah, I, that's the one thing that I will deduct points from. I think there was an opportunity to even place a seed of doubt, just plant that seed right there. The idea of uh, Bruce not playing the idol on Jake, what does that mean? between the two of their relationship um, that I was sort of lacking. I absolutely agree. It would have been a huge swing at tribal council, but I think that would, would have been the best place to do something like that. You're right. We didn't see the rest of the conversation between Bruce or Jake. There honestly could have been a moment where Bruce pulled Jake aside and said, I can't afford to play the idol on you. And they probably had that agreement and right. The way things played out, they're not splitting up next episode. So like, it's totally fine. They're all good. Uh, we know you're right. Jake had Ollie, you mentioned this. Jake struggled to find his words and he was um low on battery. And I think it kind of like I think it kind of this is interesting because it ties into something that he said earlier in the season, or maybe I'm reading into it a little bit. But when he was um having those moments where he was getting lightheaded and falling mm-hmm. to the floor, he said a quote in one of his confessionals that said, If I'm going out, I'm going out fighting, not falling. And I think this is like the game equivalent of doing that. He had to take a moment to sort of gather his thoughts, prepare the right things to say. And the amount of time that they kept this in the episode is Mm. very interesting to me because the payoff that I see for it, and I could be wrong here. I know know a lot of people in the comments of our reaction videos were saying, um, uh, you know, like, how could I possibly think that Jake wins? I get it. I know. I know. But we've we've seen weirder things happen on Survivor. Uh, and I just have to commit to it. I'm like, I'm between Jake and Emily. Yeah, Phil. I am. I have been on this ship for a bit, my friend. <laughs> Go back to the last episode. Every single- was- Thank you, Ollie. You remember, I've been saying this for weeks. Jake is a winner contender. People yeah. are like throwing him out. It's It's crazy. His confessionals are strange. Why are we getting these hyper dynamic, super like, uh, like I'm here to win. I don't want to be told what to do. I want to play forever. I want to win. We're getting so much of that from Jake. I do not think that he's dead in, dead in the water. 
I think that Jake is an absolute winner contender. And I'd even go as far as to say, if he did win, we are seeing everything that we need to see to validate his win. So it's right. not going to feel, it's not going to feel random. So Matthew, you're, I'm, I'm with you, my friend. I am mm. with you, brother. But wow. do you all remember, do you all remember when we were like, uh, Caleb just played shot in the dark. He was safe. And it was that amazing tribal council. And we were like, Oh, now Caleb's never going <laughs> to go home in the next yeah. two weeks. And then he did. So I'm only nervous about that, but you are right, Phil. I am aligned. I, I, the, the payoff that I see for a moment like this at Tribal Council where Jake struggled to Mr. Poke Guy asks, is Jake getting the Mary Ann edit? Let's discuss this in just Ooh. a second. Um, the moment where uh, Jake struggled to find his words, I could totally see that in the final episode. Let's say Jake makes it to Tribal Council has his thoughts in order. Maybe, maybe someone picks, uh, chooses Jake to go with them to Tribal mm. Council because they saw him struggle to find his words here. Maybe they think, oh, I could out talk him in at final tribal. I would love to see that payoff. All right, let's get to this question. Cause I think it's interesting. Is Jake getting a Marianne edit? Mm. I, first of all, thank you for asking a question, Mr. Pope guy nine. Thank you for watching. We're happy to see you in the comment section here. Um, I'm going to say no. And only because I do I, the, the quality of a Marianne edit, in my opinion, is that, it, from the beginning of the season, it was so hard to see her win the game mm -hmm. from both an audience perspective, what we were being shown, her talking about, like, whatever, like, her, like, pulling off her big tail or her, her toenail or something like that. It, it, I mean, she all, she got this, like, goofy, silly, oh, she has a crush on Zach, Zach Burtonberger. Everything was, like, very silly, goofy, and I don't think that we saw her be a game player until kind of very late in the game. Yeah. We also saw the other players not really validate her as a possible threat. They were not even trying to really go for her. I think that she was being dragged like a goat rather than Jake, where I do think that it, we saw a tiny bit of like D underestimating him by being like, I feel like he's a really easy person to persuade. But then we immediately saw Jake being like, I'm seeing through this. I am not this way. And I just don't think, I don't think it's a one-to-one -one match do I think that he would be like a winner that pops out late as being more obvious later later in the season? Sure. But again, I feel like we're getting the nuggets pretty early on, which I don't think was the case with Marianne. But I do think it's really a really good conversation. What do you all think? Hmm. Yeah, I kind of get that. I think if anyone's kind of getting a Marianne edit, no, I don't think anyone's getting a solid. But if anyone has had those little trickles, I would say it's Kendra. Yes. Kind of the with with how she was getting portrayed at the start with kind of the funniness that we've seen from mm -hmm. her. That is who I would say. Jake, maybe not so much. I think maybe it's because we haven't right. seen we didn't see a lot of Jake from the start strategically. Exactly. Now we're starting to see it. So I I get the point. Right. I like I get, I get the, it, but I was yeah. Yeah, I get the idea. But I do mm. think that yes. we were we were we were sort of given all the tools to take Jake seriously more early on than I mean, far more early on than we ever got that for Marianne. You just said exactly how I felt about it, Phil. I think Marianne's arc and trajectory was amazing to watch because, like you said, it was hard to imagine Marianne as we were introduced to her at the beginning of... Mm -hmm. Is that 42? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. At the beginning of 42, um, to see her all the way at the end of the game, and I thought she did an amazing job at that mm -hmm. final tribal council. Um so I do think that the edits differ 
but I like these questions. I like, I wonder, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Poke Guy Nine, if you do feel like they uh, have very similar edits, let us know your reasoning in our live Ooh. chat as well. We did get a shot in the dark that was played. Well, first, Jake, Jake is kind of like, hey, one of you is making the wrong move. Because if you're all going to dogpile on top of me and do the, uh, everyone write my name, um, someone is on the bottom of that vote and you're going to get voted out next. And then he also says, this is where that thing happened. He says, if the vote's split, whose name is being written down? And if I play my idol, oh, sorry, if I play an idol, uh, I wonder who will go home and it cuts to a close up of Kelly. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought the, the, if I pull out my idol was like, kind of funny i didn't believe it but i thought it was a funny thing to do a little, uh, bit, of theater, a little bit of theater <laughs> he's, he's he he's into theater it's so funny it's like uh, i jake is i love watching him this mm. season i i feel like like i feel like i just like ran into him at back bay uh you know or like beacon hill or something like we're just like yeah. having fun day in boston uh whenever he comes on my screen and i love it uh jake plays his shot in the dark he is not safe i Anything could happen, and I appreciate the fact that a shot in the dark, it, it could happen one season mm-hmm. where someone where there's a back-to-back um, safe shot in the dark thing. With how amazing Caleb's uh, shot in the dark play was that last episode, uh, or two episodes ago, um, I do think having another one so soon... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it would have been fine, but it was just... But it would have been interesting. Just speaking of Caleb, I just need to ask because we did it at the start of the season. Um, I just, I just need to spark or snuff Caleb's outfit as a juror. Should we save it though? Should we save it for a, lo- a longer video with everyone? That's my thing. Mm. Okay. Or do we do it as we go along? Oh, okay. You know what? Here's what we'll do. I'll, we'll decide off camera. If you would like yes. to see us spark or snuff the outfits of the jury, please let us know in the comments. We did this at the beginning of the season. We were joined by Claire from Survivor 44. It was so much fun to talk about the island outfits. And we'll decide. Maybe we'll, we'll either tack it on to the end of the episodes or uh, we'll do a, a bigger video at the end when we know our full jury. But good idea, Ollie. I like that. Ballot? Yeah, I, I really like that idea. That's fantastic. But let's see. <laughs> and it was great to see Caleb as well. It was so sad not to see him in the game. Uh, but we get the blind side. I would say this was the blind side of the season. Yeah. I would oh, say yeah. so. Because oh, yeah. it's also it has to do with Kelly's reaction to it as well. We what got the hell, guys? Jake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, my favorite though was Jake as soon as Kelly got the majority of the votes, Jake going, whoa. <laughs> like, I just loved it. It was, it was the whoa. Whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, uh, I got to take it down a little bit. (sighs) This was good. I'm so happy. I want to thank Kelly. If she ever watches this video, like, thank you for not hiding your disappointment. I, Mm -hmm. I'm so sad Mm. to have seen Kelly go, but I do know, like, we've seen people in the past get blindsided, but then sort of play it off as like, it wasn't as bad for them as, it maybe was. And I just appreciated seeing her genuine reaction to it. Cause that's mm-hmm. what to me made this so memorable. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> anything else anyone like to add? We, I mean, it was so good. And the way that they made mm-hmm. it seem like it was the plan B of the episode was also very special. I didn't yeah. think it would happen. We got those three votes for Jake 
And as soon as Kelly saw those first two, turned to Austin and said, was this you? And Austin nodded and she knew yeah. that it was her time. And this is here's what we also have to talk about too. Uh, Kelly turned to Austin and turned to Emily and asked, mm. was this you? Was this you? And I wonder if either of them make it to the end, how Kelly would feel about it. Because it showed them mm. two in particular. Yeah. I mean, do we think that this is foreshadowing that Austin or and or Emily will make it to the end and have to explain this vote off? I This is the thing I definitely put in my notes, kind of, if the trio of Austin, Drew, and Emily get to the final three, this will be something that they will get a grilling for. Because you saw, like, Kelly's genuine reaction. So there, there's clearly something that we may have not fully seen or maybe not even noticed. Um, because, again, you saw Kelly's reaction, and like you said, she turned to both of them. And the fact that they kind of gave her the heads up just as the votes were being read to, like, yeah, it's you, let's go in. I would have been crushed. Yeah. And I think it's that thing of there had been this kind of thing going on throughout the entire episode. Everyone had a, con a common enemy. And I think it, it got to that point where everyone was like, right, if it's not Bruce, it's Jake. And that's how we kind of respectfully continue on. Because as well, I think it's the fact that it, it wasn't just Kelly that got blindsided there. It was Katora, it was Kendra, because obviously Bruce lost his vote. Bruce wasn't voting. Jake wasn't voting either. They were always going to be at the bottom. So now the Reba Four and Emily have now kind of gone against Katora and Kendra as well. So that's where the dynamic next episode is going to be interesting, because it's not just they'll have to can deal with Kelly at either Ponderosa or at the final. They now have to deal with Katora and Kendra, who, let's be fair, when it comes to those three women, Katora and Kendra aren't going to be afraid to at least say to them, we're mad at you, and then kind of go off a bit and then leave it. So that will be what I'm interested to see next next episode. Yeah, I, um, I don't think that it shows that they're going to get to the end at all, hmm. but I love the moment. It was awesome. I think that it's literally just showing, hey, these are people that she was close to that betrayed her. Specifically with Austin, I think that that is, in a weird way, the only sort of like super fan, like, hey, you know what? If you know it, sort of head tilt to the amulet. Mm -hmm. They never use the word amulet. But the fact that she first turns to Austin and says, this was you, that's, I think that's what that did. It was like, hey, yes, like this does benefit Austin more than anyone else. And so there's a reason why she turned to Austin first. Um, uh, but I don't think it's necessarily a call where it's like, oh, these two are getting to the end. I, I think that it was just, you know, hey, it shows that she was like, you know, these are people who who she felt she was with. And it's how much, wow, what what pain. I mean, and, and again, to your previous point, Matthew, yeah, I, I also like seeing people actually be affected when they get voted off. Like sometimes it's like, you know, when, when, when you're almost too gracious, it's like, oh, come on, you know. You, this has to have affected you. Like, you, like have some more fight. Like, even though you're on your way out, like, show us what you care about this. And we got that from Kelly. So it, it was, a, it was a fantastic moment. Fantastic. Moment. You know, Phil, I totally forgot about the amulet as well. So I guess I, you also answered my question too. She totally turned to Austin because of the amulet. Yeah. But I mean, they, they, they really. I, I don't know if if Austin was on Kelly's radar in the same way, but I feel like. 
maybe maybe Kelly needed to push for Austin to go a little bit more as well since they did have that amulet connecting the two of them. Uh, so much excitement. I can't wait for the next episode because three people, it seems like, are losing their vote. At least that's what the trailer made it seem like for the next episode. So I'm excited to see where the story takes us next week. Again, we will be back on Sundays to talk about the episode. Uh, and we'll see you then. <laughs> Come back. Don't leave us. We're